What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rap Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, last week's star of the show, along with his brother Sean, stepping in for me intermittently, but now I'm back, as, as Cole promised. But Cole, yesterday, was one of the many, you know, according to my ears, listening to the game on TV, or watching the game on TV, many of St. John's fans who made it out to Philadelphia to see St. John's get a win inside of Finneran Pavilion for the first time since 1993, a win that brought St. John's a 3-1 and one in the Big East and tied atop the Big East standings. Cole, did you give it to those bastards pretty pretty good down there in Philadelphia <laughs> they yesterday? Were, they were not happy with me, those uh, mainline rich folk. They did not appreciate the let's go Johnny's chance from all the fans in attendance in the second half. Uh, I, I think we just have to be over the moon right now. It's really starting to show just what a great coach Rick Pitino is, the job he's doing with this team. Obviously, what he's done with Brady Dunlop and bringing freshmen along is tremendous. I, I think these last two games between the Butler game and the Villanova game, those were two real measuring sticks for, for games that you needed to win to have a real solid resume come tournament time. And now in the last 80 minutes of play, we haven't trailed at all to wire to wire wins against teams that really are real resume boosters for us. So just couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. True. True. Exactly. And like even more so than what the wins mean in terms of your overall resume, if you have two losses to those teams, it's 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 worse than what the wins are as on a positive scale. What you love to see about the wins is we're playing a lot better. We're doing it in different ways. One, Brady Dunlap has really stepped up huge in these last two outings, one off the bench. Second one, you got the start against Nova, who was in his top three, if you remember, of uh, his final schools he was looking at, I believe. So that probably felt nice. His parents were in attendance. But uh, St. John's has won these games. They've done so looking uh, better and better. Um, I think it bodes well for the you know the future we have inside this conference. We haven't played Georgetown or, or DePaul yet. I'm sorry. Um, apologies to Providence, who is a you know a tough opponent, and who we'll see next game, who has a little bit of a snake bit in history in terms of injuries. And once again, um, you know, thoughts go out to Bryce Hopkins, who. You know, is out for the season. That's a tough injury. Hate to see that. Uh, St. John's has got the benefit of facing some teams now. Villanova, UConn, and Providence coming up who, who will be without their best player. So take advantage against Villanova. We didn't quite take advantage against UConn. Let's see if we can take advantage against Providence uh, Wednesday night at home at the Garden. Hopefully a packed house with uh, a lot of St. John's fans in attendance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought Jarrell Soriano just – played an absolutely amazing game yesterday. I, I think you talk about sort of statement possessions. And I think that first basket that he had, that first dunk was really like this, setting the tone of how this game was going to be played all day. I think uh, looking back to give compliments to both of our big men, I think another one of those statement possessions was that block by Zuby Ejiofor, which was just a tremendous play. But I, I think going into the, the Nova game, there was a little bit of concern for me just with how Nova plays going a little smaller with Burton and Dixon, both being like six, seven, six, eight, and how we were going to defend that. But the counter argument to that is with their two bigs being six, seven, and six, eight, how do they defend Joel Soriano? And the answer was they really couldn't with him dropping 20 and eight. So. Yeah. When we're able to get him the ball and he's able to get, you know, his looks early and often he's been, really effective around the rim, not just offensive rebounding, which doesn't really matter. He's going to get those, you know, regardless of who's taking the shots or how many balls or how many passes he gets in the post. But 
his post moves, he had a really nice deep uh, hook finish yesterday. His spins on the baselines for dunks, he's obviously getting great at drop-off and finishes. And one thing all the guys on the team, especially the guards who are penetrating, seem to notice is that he's available on those late you know, drop-off alley-oops, and, and he's getting better and better at finishing those, either with a dunk or just a layoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen that become like a, a really – um, key offensive type option in the last 10 or so years in college basketball. A couple players, um, Tariq Owens, Isaiah Moore in particular, seem like guys who were able to take advantage of it. And it seems like Joel at his size is something that can not only help him, but our guards get space as well as Brady Dunlap being a sniper from the outside, looking more and more confident, not only as a shooter, but looked all right in the zone yesterday. And being in person, Cole, why don't you give us a little scout report of how Brady looked physically you know, up close and personal on the court against Villanova, who's got a lot of, you know, big athletic wings. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's young and he still looks slight of frame. He's, he'll put on some muscle as he as he gets older. But um, as Rick said when uh, Rick was talking about his performance in the Butler game, he's not afraid to, like, stick his nose in there and get physical with guys. I thought he did a great job defensively sort of staying in front of his man. Um and he's not afraid to, even with him being slight of frame, he's not afraid to, to get in there and push people around and, and be physical. So I, I was really, really, really encouraged by how Brady played and how he's been playing the last couple of games. So tip, yeah. of the cat to, tip of the cat to coach with his player progression and stuff because the development that we've seen from Dunlap over the last couple of games has just been unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, who, who knows who will be the next surprise to, to have a few good games. It seems like it's happened on a few occasions this year with some, some different players. So keep that in mind as the season goes on. Uh, you never know who will step up. Um, I said it, I think, on uh, redfans.com, the uh, St. John's message board. Shout out to those good folks over there. Um, you know, it's not exactly apples to apples, but if you remember in, in Steve Lavin's first year, Sean Evans' first half of the season was kind of non-existent, and then one game against Duke, he had a out-of-nowhere double-digit performance, and then for the rest of the season, uh, he played an integral part and kind of gave us a, a new ceiling in types of the potential we had as a team and a dimension we didn't quite have. And I thought Brady, you know, a different player, not a physical power forward, but a different dimension, came out of nowhere, sparked us in a game, and now it looks like he's going to be a part of this thing going forward big time, and it, and it kind of – changes the whole, uh, in, in my opinion, potential of this team if you've got a guy who can play 15 to 25 minutes a night at that level and bring that type of shooting threat. Uh, you can put a lot of stress on an opponent's defense and you know give your guys opportunities to play in a lot of different spots in the floor where they can be effective. So uh, cheers to Brady and cheers to Coach Patina for pulling the right button or pushing the right buttons there. Um, taking a look at the box score, you know, Cole mentioned it, I think player of the game again, uh, Joel Soriano. Uh, even without the double-double. You know, don't let that be a letdown to those fans who have come to expect it night in and night out by the big guy. But 20 points, 8 rebounds, 7 for 10 from the field, uh, 35 minutes, just an anchor. Uh, draws so much attention, just become more and more patient and seemingly been the best big man in every game we've played this year, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you could argue Holmes on Dayton got the better of him, um, a couple other guys. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But sure as hell seems like it's been that way. Yeah, looking at the box score, I think something that jumps up, out at me that's been up and down over the course of the year is free throw shooting. Um, we've seen poor performances, and then sometimes the team shoots well. Yesterday, shooting 76% was was huge, taking advantage. They've, they've been doing a better job of drawing fouls on the opposition, and then to, to take advantage of the charity stripe, I, w- I thought it was great. So, Yeah, I think that's kind of coincided with um, R.J. Lewis coming back into the fold. He's... Uh, 
if not anything else, aggressive going to the basket. And uh, he seemingly does a lot more than just that. Full of potential, full of talent, uh, has to be reined in maybe just a little bit, but it's, you know, uh, a whole new system. He's come on late, hasn't had much time to practice. I don't think we can judge him completely on that quite yet. Uh, you can see what he can bring when he's playing his best, and it's something that looks like he'd be a really big benefit to a team that kind of lacked explosion on the wing offensively. Um, and he can also be a big help defensively and on the boards, as we've seen to date. Not so much in the half court where he got blown by, but Armstrong's a quick hit. He got blown by a few times in the half court, but that full court press with his length, his athleticism, and his ability to kind of take up space, he's uh, been a difference maker there. Um uh, Taylor got back in the fold after a um, an absence from the last game, kind of unexpectedly. Uh, who knows what goes on those decisions, but, you know, as we've said over and over again, we're on uh, team Trust Rick Patino there. Um, seemed to be cheering them on even when he was on the bench, which is uh, quite the um, custom for this team so far, a team over themselves in terms of who, who's on the bench cheering and who's out there working for each other, which is uh, refreshing to see. Uh, were you close enough, Cole, to see these guys, you know, on the court, like communicating with with each other? And uh, oh yeah, dude, the, the the communication on defense is awesome to see. Obviously, the Rick Pitino sort of switching man to deep, man to man defense or the zone, um, but it was they are very vocal in in communicating switches and stuff. So that was awesome. I wanted to also just uh, harp on you mentioned Taylor. Um, I think that's something that we should be really proud of. Obviously the stats don't really jump off the box score at you, but um, obviously we have raved about his defense all season long. I think for him not to get down on himself after barely playing at all against Butler. Um, I know I mentioned it with Sean in our last podcast, but he was putting up shots in the gym at 1253 in the morning after the Butler game, like to that devotion, as you mentioned, cheering on the team, even a game that he wasn't playing last week and then to come out, start today and play good, good hard-nosed defense. I was very, very proud of him. So I, I think he should be commended for that for sure. Oh, yeah. And it seems widespread. I mean, you see Wiltshire, you see, um, you know, uh, Drissa, like over and over again, guys who aren't getting minutes just being the loudest, uh, you know, cheers on the bench. Um, and eventually when their time gets called, hopefully they're ready and they take advantage of it. Uh, looking at the box score. What Brady said, not wanting to be – he, he didn't come to St. John's knowing that he would get major minutes. He expected to sort of – half a learning curve as a freshman, but he wanted to always stay ready for when coach called his name. And yeah. now he has been ready. So yeah, it's, it's awesome that the whole team has that mindset. Talk about refreshing. That mindset's awesome to hear. Um, five minutes for Zuby, but like you said, an, an impactful five minutes that first half, a couple really uh, important plays that block um, was, you know, just a wall at the basket. Uh, Denied him right at the last second and not just denied him, kind of humiliated him, uh, threw him right down to the ground and it was as clean as it could be. Um, and then I think a couple of plays later had that alley-oop finish off a Wiltshire dish. Uh, good to see uh, Sim have that nice decision off a break. Got us a big two points. Um, but I think that five minutes, you know, you might look at that box score, see five minutes, only two points, one rebound. Um, and the uh, you know the block's not even listed if you can believe that, but you might not get the, the sense for how much he's improved. I thought since uh, the beginning of the season, I think it's a a really positive direction, and it gives me a you know a good sense of um, hope that next year you know hopefully we bring in some big guys who are might be more of a offensive threat, but I think he can take a step and be a, a big part of whatever front court we have moving forward and, and feel pretty good about that. Absolutely. 
I know you've been high on Zuby since uh, signing day. Big Zuby fan. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, just something else I wanted to throw out there with the defense. Um, Nova was is 9-1 and one when they shoot over 30% from the three-point line. They shot 21% last night or yesterday. Um, I think we've seen that be a focus of Rick Pitino's defense is defending the three-point line. So I, that we, you and I were talking offline, but there, there was a few open threes that Nova missed. But, I mean, Dixon, again, Dixon shot two for ten. For, so, the, yeah. And I think that's sort of uh, – part of that is is they wanted to sort of try to take advantage of Joel and have Dixon playing out on the perimeter, and he wasn't hitting shots. And, uh, yeah. again, it's been a bugaboo of, of St. John's for how many years of us getting killed from the three-point line. So to see Rick make an emphasis of that is awesome. Yeah, and uh, Tim Brando felt so bad for Eric Dixon's, you know, shots rimming in and out. It's like, oh, man. Spare me, Brando. It's like a. It must have been a time when Tim Brando was a hell of a broadcaster, but it was a long time ago. Um, and I, I wonder how many Kobe King games he's had this year. But I'm sure he misses it when he puts his head to sleep at night. Um, looking at the team comparison, St. John's shot better than them from two. Shot better than them from three. Um, won the free throw battle. Lost the turnover battle just barely. Um, but again, St. John's uh, was a team who. We got a lot of second chance points, points in the paint, and that's been their MO early, even without Ledlam, which you forget. You know, a lot of people mentioned Justin Moore didn't play for Villanova, but we also didn't have Chris Ledlam, a starter who's been uh, playing better of late, falling into a, a better role for him, definitely. Uh, so we'll see how that affects his forward playing time. You know, when you look at Taylor, Lewis, Dunlap now, and uh, Ledlam, those four guys, will we get more action with? maybe two of those guys on the court at the two and three or the three and four together, or will it be more minutes where you go small and maybe that might hurt Zuby going forward? I don't know, but uh, we've got Patino to figure that out and I'm, I'm confident he'll pull the right, um, you know, make the right decisions there. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned three point shooting defense, uh, you know, free throws, but the other thing that you mentioned that jumps out to me is points of the paint, 81 points that we scored, 42 of them are in the paint. I know Joel shot seven for 10. Um, the, like I mentioned with Nova being smaller with Burton and Dixon to just make it an emphasis of get the ball down low and score. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, you know, we gave up 36, but you, you mentioned some, a lot of that was getting beat out on the, on the edge and, and guys getting open layups or dunks. Um, I, I think Joel was a force, an absolute force. And it, if we can take advantage of teams that are smaller on a consistent basis and make it an emphasis to feed him, uh, I don't know how teams can really slow that down without having to completely change their defense. Yeah. Providence coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Odoro, uh, who came over with English from George Mason, has played really well. Um, he's a big body, but not huge height-wise. Joel's probably got, you know, two-plus inches on him height-wise, but Odoro's, you know, a strong guy who's a savvy player. Not an easy matchup for Joel, but a guy who Odoro will have to really work hard to keep Joel from getting looks around the basket. Uh, so hopefully we take advantage there. And when it's not, um, um, I'm trying to think of their backup center, but I know they're playing mostly four guards around Ordoro. So if they're going to do that, then look for Ledlam Lewis to have some big nights crashing the glass like they have lately. Hopefully Ledlam is, is able to play. But a chance for St. John's to get a, a nice win against a team right now that's still got some, you know, a good resume and, you know, 
injury aside, I still played well against Creighton without him in that last few minutes against Seton Hall when he got injured. So no no reason to look past Providence and a, and a chance to get a nice win and get the 4-1 in Big East play for, you know, God knows since when the last time that was. Yeah, I thought one of the, the cool things being there yesterday, getting to speak to a bunch of different Nova fans and what an unbelievably beautiful stadium Fennerin is, just an absolute marvel. Uh, but the you consensus... The consensus was from all of the Nova fans that I spoke to is just how jealous they are of our coaching situation and having Rick Pitino. Uh, you know, obviously Kyle Neptune is still, still young and learning his ways, and he could ultimately end up being a wonderful coach. But I think they're still a little spoiled from having Jay Wright for so long, and they look at us sure. having Pitino and just the master class that Rick does every single night uh, with the X's and O's is, is so fun. And it was cool to hear that, to hear our, our thoughts on Rick be emphasized by by another group so yes cool relish them. relish it people relish it you know villanova could where could they go and have it be better or as good as jay wright you know there's only one way to go and unfortunately that's downhill you just hope it wasn't very much downhill but jay wright had some lean years people forget about and then some lean years even after he got his first final four so um once he had it going going of course it's gonna be hard to replicate but I do look at this guy, Neptune, and I wonder if he will get there, and I can understand why Nova fans are so frustrated. But it's not our issue, and I hope they're envious of us for years to come as well as many other Big East teams. But yeah. um, shout-out to Cole. Shout-out to Sean for stepping in. We're going to have to get Sean on here for, you know, a, a three-guy uh, pod at some point and uh, see how that goes, you know, put the brothers against each other a little bit, uh, see what secrets I can get out of them. But um, for Lamont Hamilton, this has been Pat Kane. That's Cole Adshaw, the Redstone Rapid Reaction Podcast. Peace. Oh, v down, is that a big thing?